so now with you know we do a lot of um, art of the possible workshops which is what people in companies should do what is possible how can we get there is it really something we want to get to how, do, how what is it going to take us to get there welcome to process pioneers the show that takes a deep dive into the minds of decision makers key influencers and process experts who are pioneering the world of everything process Welcome to another episode of Process Pioneers. My name is Daniel Rayner and I'm the host of Process Pioneers. And in each of these episodes, I have the absolute privilege of sitting down with different BPM practitioners and professionals uh, that are day in and day out putting BPM into practice within organizations. And I think it's so valuable to be able to learn from these people um, because you know you can learn, only learn so much in theory and in books and, and reading uh, white papers and reports. But when you're actually talking to someone that's been through what you're about to go through or what you are going through, I believe that that's where um, you can learn uh, a lot uh, from these people. And today I have the absolute privilege of sitting down with uh, Katie Mordarotto and uh, Katie, is currently the head of BPM transformation at Asahi Europe and International. Uh, Katie has uh, a lot of experience in the BPM realm. I'm really excited for this interview. Katie, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so what, what our guests normally, uh, uh, I guess, are interested in to hear or to find out is where did the BPM journey start for you? What, what, when was BPM first introduced? And take us on a bit of a journey leading up to what you're doing today. Sure. Well, I think nobody gets out of school and wants to do BPM. <laughs> Everybody gets out. It's my, my journey with BPM was by mistake. Um, so um, I ended up doing um, a lot. My background is mostly in finance and trading. And I did a lot of, of strategy thinking and road mapping. And eventually, when you do this, um, when you have you are forced to look at your current state and then you're looking at your future state, BPM is just the next the next level. Um, so I did also a bit of business architecture to have a bit of the technology landscape into mind and thinking about it. So I studied with business architecture and then led to more of a business process and more of a business uh, mindset rather than the technology one. So that's how I get started. And I got lucky to get started with Coca-Cola, which was my, my first company where I did, I did BPM. Um, and uh, this is a big enough organization to be able to have a great understanding how it works. Um, so that's how it started. That's, that's great. And I'm, I'm assuming that in this um in the last five years or so you would have seen obviously bpm put into practice and i and i would know uh, a lot of people would know that when you're putting bpm into practice uh challenges can come along um what are the challenges or the main challenges that uh, you've experienced and how did you navigate those when they came up or how did your team navigate them so most of the time, uh, organizations do not really have a BPM practice. Um, what they do have is they have a continuous improvement practice, which is once you implement it, what everything is running, it's more of a business as usual kind of practice. But where you really want to build something, uh, you really not need to start with people. And usually that business process organization is not, is not there. So you need to kind of build it, which is what I've been doing for in two companies already, right? Where you start with, you need business process owner that are coming from the business uh, and not from the technology part. Then you need people that are expert in some areas really. And then you need those same 
experts in each of the markets, right? So one of the most challenging things is to get the right team in place with the right people in different markets that understand the journey from today versus tomorrow. So that's one of the biggest challenge. The other one is um, these people need to have a vision and it's very difficult because we ask them to think strategically and also to be operationally thinker but because whatever we do is gonna have an impact whether it's on people on process or on technology. Which leads me to the next big uh, important uh, challenge which is change. Um, I don't like change. <laughs> Um, I like, you know, uh, and I work in transformation, so this is just telling a lot. But as soon as we start uh, tweaking things, and usually people, everybody has experienced change within the organization, and 90% of the time it didn't go super well. So we also lead and, and work with the experience of the past. So how do we get better? What did we change? What did we learn? Um, so these are the most um, people uh, getting the right organization in place and there's an understanding the change and making sure that um, it's, it is business-led and not technology-led. I guess this is the other bits because the reason why it didn't work most of the time in the past is because the people doing the business processes or building the target state of those business processes for the organization were IT people. And this is not because of time, because of experience, because of they know a lot more, usually more than the business. But in terms of vision and, and setting up this, it's, it has to come back to the business. And for someone that's listening right now to this that might be in an organization where um, IT really is driving the process, business processes, mm -hmm. how do you um, how do you navigate that? How do you, um, I guess, initiate or begin that journey of, of bringing those processes across into the hands of the business? Yeah. So in our world, that's why we created transformation, <laughs> because <laughs> transformation sits within the business. And this is the voice between the business that is really doing this day in and day out and, and the te technology folks. So there's a lot of, of uh, buzzword about we need to be able to translate the business and the technology, but it is very true, right? Um, so that's where usually transformation sits in and it comes with, it's not just business processes, it's change management. It is um, transformation leads that are able and knowledgeable both in the business and the technology domain that can drive those discussions. So I would just start moving stuff around and really having a transformation team that can do that bridge and doesn't have to be a big team, right? Um, this, is, this is a team that needs to be able to just navigate both through business and technology. Great, great. And you mentioned earlier about um, the importance of having a vision um, mm -hmm. when embarking on, I guess, a BPM journey. Are you talking about uh, senior leadership? Are you talking about the subject matter experts? Are you talking about the, the process participants or performers? Who needs to hold and, and carry this vision? It's a great question. Uh, it's at with the top. Um, it has to start uh, with the top being able to get on this challenge. Um, and it usually starts with capabilities. <laughs> so we always start with the capability work um, and then uh, aligning those capabilities, whether you wanna be world-class, whether you wanna be differentiating or not. So what differentiators from our competitors? Um, do we wanna be different? Uh, do we want to be similar? Is it worse? Is, is there money against it? What are the benefits? What is the value realization against this? So this starts with the capability understanding and, and a kind of five or 10 year plan. 
And then based on that, um, that's why we have this business process organization, these BPOs, these business process owners that are really strategic thinkers are the ones that are meant to get the vision for each of their end-to-end -end areas, right? If you're in this world, it's really end-to-end -end area. And at the same time, to just take it back again with the other business process owner and, and take it to the next level. So it starts with, of course, start with the top. Um, our CEO is very much involved into this because he, he knows this, he's done this in the past. It didn't work super well. So now it's just a different journey. And he's very much involved into getting people on board, right? So. Um, it really, it, the vision comes from the, we call it the XCOM, so the board, and then drills down to the BPO that are, they are responsible and accountable to take that decision and that vision forward, um, which is a, a very different, when you start putting people accountable, this is a very different mindset to have. So this is yes. a great, this is a great, <laughs> great thing to get to. <laughs> now, now there would be some people listening um, to this right now thinking that, well, my, our senior leadership, our C-level executive team haven't bought into BPM yet. Um, they haven't, um, they're not putting budget there. They're not pushing resources there. Um, they're not uh, prioritizing it. Uh, I, I guess a big part of um trying to get that buy-in or that sponsorship is being able to communicate the value of BPM. Do you have any, I guess, um, examples or stories of, uh, of wins um, where you've adopted, uh, you've implemented BPM, whether it's, you know, um, uh, an incremental process improvement or whether it's a radical change of, of the way the business does something. Do you have a, an example or a story that you could share of a, of a great win um, when BPM was put into practice? Sure. Um, let me give you an example of, of where it starts, right? Because there's four dimensions to this, right? First, you have the capabilities, then you have the processes, then you have the technology, and then you have which project is going to support all of this, right? So you kind of have this circle. If you don't understand your process landscape, which means if you are not capable to align those processes, you cannot say and uh, look back and say, okay, by improving that process, I'm gonna improve that capabilities through this technology with this project, right? So everything at the end of the journey is kind of linked together. If you don't have that base where you don't understand whether your capability map looks like, what your process frameworks look like, what your technology landscape needs to look like in the future, then you cannot just plan and get things done. So it starts with this bigger picture of, you know, what's the entire vision for the organization and, and how do we make sure that we work on what we need to work on. So that's one. Um, the other piece um, that is really still freshly, I know it's new for a lot of people, it's still new for us too, right, is how do we use um, process mining to be able to improve our processes. So in our journey right now, we are not there yet, but this is the this is how we think about it. Um, I have many examples in, in other company where we use process mining to improve our order taking and to just you know reduce the amount of time we're doing um, an invoice. Uh, and these are the common things that we can do. Um, another bit that we are doing at the moment is we don't look at processes in, in isolation of intelligent automation. So we have a team dedicated that is sitting both in transformation for that matter and technology, and that is fully part of the journey. And it all starts with the same. We have a BPM framework, we have our levels and we look at it and this is where we see where we can add value. So if we don't have this baseline where 
with you know capability process technology slash data and projects then we cannot make it work um, and this is complex because there's so many alignments that are needed all the time but this is the only way we're going to get some results so these are some some example it's it's a bigger picture but i think it's it's more interesting to see how the whole flow works and how you get mm -hmm. to the result because we can improve invoice billing we can improve order taking um, but this comes only when you are ready and when you actually implemented something mm -hmm. and it sometimes takes two years to so the value benefits of what the process is very, very difficult to sell because you don't have it right away you're not going to see it right now what you can be sure is that you're going to be able to measure against which process and which capabilities you can improve um, and that you can show right away the value yes. add right right and when you're working with i guess process performers or process participants um, because as you're tweaking these processes or or radically transforming them you, you've got people at the end other end of that that are um you know one day might be doing one thing and then the next day it, it might have changed slightly or it might change yeah. to quite a lot how, how do you work with these people to uh, get them on board um and, and get the get their buy-in because i guess um, if there's any objections or resistance to change, as we were talking about earlier, that's only yeah. going to slow down the adoption of process improvement. Yeah, this is very difficult. This is a very good question. And um, to give you an example right now, where we are going to redesign, I don't know, 1,500 processes, 2,000 processes in six months, across the organization. <clears throat> so we use best in class and best practices from already known processes. So this already gives you the target state. So the question is, is it something we want to get to? Is that the right target state? Does it, is it working for us as an organization? Do we really want to get there? And until we, if we say no once, if we say no twice or three or four times, then maybe we're going to think about option B. But option A is we need to go through a standardization of our processes. Otherwise, we would not get on that journey and it's not worth it. And this is just a six months of design, still very high level. We just spent the first six months doing onboarding. So we are spending as much time to lead through change and understanding and next steps. And really, we have a team of 250 people right now, right? So this is a huge team because this is a huge effort and everything is gonna happen at the same time. So we spend as much time onboarding and preparing people as we will do of the design. Uh, and that design comes with, it doesn't come uh, by surprise. So the whole reason why we're doing this and we're getting people on board it is because the business case is going to decide what we are going to implement because we can design, but we, if there's no value add to what we do or if the benefit is that small for this amount of work, it's not worth it. So we're not going to take it to the next level. Uh, so the business case is really the answer also for people to understand how did we get there? What is the journey that we took to get to that decision? And everybody's involved. The guys mm -hmm. in the markets, the lower, the, the from operational to strategic, everybody is involved. Uh, we've been accused of too much sharing information right now, which is very new for that organization, right? So we do share the, um, and we have the buying from the from the board, right? And we've been able to go and have those conversations in each market with each MD to explain how things work. So communication and change is really a huge part of that effort. And we will capture 
those changes at the process level when we design. So each process is going to have a list of changes and a list of gap and a list of impact. So we will do our, our detailed work. And I guess this is a bit confronting for people, uh, but we can never get everybody on board, right? And we will never get everybody on board. So we need to have this like bell curve where some people will get in and some people will never get in, but things would change definitely, but not without the right communication in place. Um, mm. so. Right, right. And and with um, obviously the last uh, two years or year and a half, it's been quite turbulent uh, for a lot of businesses. And um, mm -hmm. it's I feel in some cases it's accelerated the adoption of BPM uh, and really yeah. forced organisations to understand, well, what are our processes and how are we delivering value? Um, what um, you, you've already mentioned process mining, but what do you think the next um, two, three, five years look like for organisations uh, adopting BPM? Where do you think they should be spending their time, effort and energy? Mm. Um, so I think I, I, I love, I have, I, I've been working with some BPM tools myself and I, I love, you know, the fact that we can design processes, but I think the more we go into um, we becoming very much global in the way we use the same types of technology, just because they answer 80% of our needs, whether it's S4HANA, whether it's uh, Microsoft Dynamics, whether it's Salesforce. So I think the future is going to be less about designing processes, but adapting those, those business processes to the technology that we have in hands, just because we don't want to end up in a situation where we do our processes and then the technology doesn't fit or it just, it's, it's, it's a lot of rework. So I think the more we go, I think the more people need to invest time in looking at the right fit of our businesses with the right fit of the technology. And usually this is something that is left to the tech people, but I think the business need to get really more involved. And that's why we have, this is great now because we have a lot of demo, we know what the tool can do. And back in the days, we would just sign off on a tool uh, that we would see on a PowerPoint presentation. So now with, you know, we do a lot of um, art of the possible workshops, which is what people and companies should do. What is possible? How can we get there? Is it really something we want to get to? Um, how did, how, what is it going to take us to get there? And sometimes we are so far off, we just want to fix our baseline, right? So I think this is the next, um, the BPM tool is not going to be enough. We're going to need to have those BPM tool integrated with those new technology, because once this happened and that layer is there, once you implement, you can reverse back to some process mining and really see where things are working or not working. But that link is super important, I believe, in the future, if we want to move faster and get, get to the right decision, because there's so many, um, you know, thing about processes, it, it's what is your key design decision and what the impact is going to be. So once we have those information and those data points, it's so much easier to see where we can improve. Yes. Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. Well, Katie, I just want to thank you for sitting down with me and having this conversation. Uh, we've, I feel like we've been able to jam pack a lot into the, the, the 20 or so minutes of how long we've been able yeah. to, to have a conversation. I really appreciate it. I've been taking a lot of notes and learning a lot from you and I know that our audience is going to as well. Um, so I just want to thank you um, for uh, sharing your experiences and your knowledge with us today. Great. Thank you so much, Daniel. I'm very happy and always on board for anything. If you have anything else and follow up, let me know.